In this episode, it's my birthday party, so the gang's all here. We geek out about Creed 2, Dave Chappelle, The Fractured But Whole, and Plex. Then freak out about The Walking Dead, Dragon Ball Super, and YouTube. And of course, we've got Oreos. All this and more on The Geek Generation. everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio by our uh, core podcast team here. All three of them. Mike Volpe, how are you? That's right, I'm good. We're back, like the NWO. It is for... Did I do it right? Life! (laughs) (laughs) There are numbers involved (laughs) and sign language. Paulo. What's up, ball bags? Ball bags? Paul always has, like, a line in the chamber waiting. Got a lot in the chamber. Hey now, and Matt West. Hey, it's not gay. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Richard Christie. I get the stern references. Okay, Um, there there were things I was gonna say. Uh, Oh yeah, this. So tomorrow's my birthday because that's a thing uh, we're doing. So this is birthday. Thank you. This is our this is our birthday bash stream. Uh, We are streaming this live on Twitch right now. So this is, if we sound a little off, <laughs> I've been broadcasting since 11 a.m. This morning it is currently 7.20 p.m. So uh, it's been a long day and I'm going to be on until 11 p.m. So 12 hours straight because why the hell not? Because yeah. what else are you going to do with your birthday at this age? <laughs> hey, Rob. Hey. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Oh, my God. Ah, (laughs) Hype master. The hype man returns. (laughs) All right. Uh, If people do want to check out our stream and our podcasts live, you can go to twitch.tv slash the geek generation to watch and chat with the other viewers during the show. And you can submit your questions uh, throughout. Excuse me. Sorry. Those meatballs. Mm. Guys, we're grown adults, grown men, making fart noises. It's explosion part two right now. Woo. Volpe's just losing it. Volpe, I'm going to need you to slide something on the couch underneath your butt cheeks. You got it. Thanks. Uh, Appreciate that. The cupcake holder. Uh, but we're going to do what we always something. do at the beginning of every show and hop into everybody's favorite segment, which is our geek outs and freak outs. So let's first geek out. Yay. Volpe. All right. I'm going first. Woohoo. Um, there was casting news. Well, for Creed two, I had no idea Creed two was even coming out. Yeah, that shocked this year. Me. That shocked me. You the didn't first? Know. No, like I said, I've spent the last sixty days or so. I don't know where I've been. I've been locked <laughs> away, kind of between my house and work, and I really have no idea what's going on in the world. Yeah, that's been the story all day. Anyway, I really don't. I didn't realize Creed two was coming out this year, but the first Creed was very good. Uh, you guys saw it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so the casting news is that, uh, well, the movie's going to come out this year, mm-hmm. November, and they casted Romanian boxer Florian Montanu, I believe. Is Sounds out. close enough to yeah. me. Um, he's coming to play Ivan Drago's son, right, which right. I'm kind of excited about, but it seems like the internet is not. Like about the, the casting or the fact that the Ivan fact Drago's that it's Ivan Drago's son, everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, great! So Creed Two is going to be like a shitty Rocky movie." 
But I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm I've kind seen of excited that sentiment for a lot. Yeah. I think it's it's a fine cat. I mean, it makes sense. Ivan Drago was, you know, their Russia's number one guy. Of course, he's going to have a kid. And now he's going to be tied into, you know, the Rocky Creed franchise even further. Is it Ryan Coogler directing again? He is not. He's no. Not, okay. uh, he went to go do Black Panther instead. He's producing it. Okay. And Sylvester Stallone was going to direct it, but they have... He stepped back yeah, to have God. somebody else direct it. Uh, I don't remember um, who the I actual director is, but I think I think the the thing with the internet kind of reacting to it is that um, Creed was going in a very different direction than the other right. Rocky movies, and now it feels like they're taking a step backwards and kind of like leaning on the old ones again instead of just continuing Apollo Creed's story forward. I get, I guess. Well, or, I mean, or not Apollo. His name's not Apollo, right? No, it's um, it's uh, just no, Little Creed. Yeah, I forget, Creed. I forget what his first name is in this. but L-I-L apostrophe. L-I-L Creed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited for you guys. Like, Do you think this I'm, is a good move? I'm excited. I think like part of the reason why like Creed was such a good movie was that the story was more about like a, a man who was looking for his father and then found like a father figure in his father's best friend. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like the boxing was just the background to that story. Yeah. And I think the, the concern with having the relationship between Creed's son and Drago's son is that like, now we're going back to have, trying to build a boxy movie Mm -hmm. as opposed to having a movie about personal relationships. And so I think they can still do it. I think, you know, just it's the fact that they're releasing casting news doesn't necessarily mean that the story is going right. to be about, you know, like there's still a big opportunity for, you know, relationship building, world building and making this like a more interpersonal drama as opposed mm-hmm. to just a boxing movie. I get that. And yeah. there's still a lot of drama because didn't spoiler alert, didn't Drago kill yeah. Creed? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, right there is already an emotional tie in that, you know, Lil Creed's going to step up and fight the son of the guy who killed his dad you know i mean like the problem with making a boxing movie with michael b jordan is that michael b jordan is not a boxer Mm -hmm. like florian is like a boxer like a legit right like golden glove contender type boxer like you can't like if you saw like some of the behind the scenes of creed like how like uh michael b jordan was training for the movie Mm -hmm. like he's not a good boxer like you know like he's good at mimicking a mimicking boxing moves but like the people who are training with him like i think one at one point in the behind the scenes like he got hit like hard yeah like they were just like it was like a glancing blow but he got knocked well i thought that was uh the shot where he actually gets knocked out in the movie was actually him getting hit yeah like the 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 actual the kid that had the tattoos or whatever all over him Mm -hmm. actually hit him in the face and knocked him out um, there was an interview with Stallone yeah. and Michael B. Jordan where they said he actually got clipped and mm. went down. But I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I think having <coughs> Ivan Drago and then his, Sid, his son in the movie would it's be It's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm more, excited for it. I'm more bummed that Coogler's not directing it than yeah, anything, definitely. honestly. Yeah. But the kid that's playing Drago's son looks like a fucking monster. He's a monster. Yeah, he looks legit. Yeah. He's like, like Brock Lesnar big. pack. <laughs> what else you got, Bobby? I'm going to keep going. Uh, I stumbled across a Netflix original show mm-hmm. called End of the Fucking, well, Effing World. They don't, you, you know you're allowed to say no, that. No, I know, but, you know, the <laughs> way it, it's, it's <laughs> the F, name of the show, you know, is Star, F, Star, F, Star. F, yeah. But yeah, have you yeah. guys watched that? My wife has, not. like, watched the entire thing. 
it's I've been short too, for sure. Eight episodes. They're literally 20 minutes a piece. So that fit right into my time frame. The kid who's in it is uh, Alex Lothar. He was in Goodbye Christopher Robin. Rob. Oh, yeah. He played the adult or, you know, the I know who you mean. young adult yeah. version of Christopher Robin. Yep. Um, but the the premise of the show is that James is 17. He's a, he's pretty sure he's a psychopath. Um, this girl in school who's the cool, moody, pretty girl who's also 17, um, they kind of pair up and go on a journey uh, to find her father. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, James wants to murder her. Like he wants to kill oh my someone God. Be, to see what it's like to kill someone and then just move forward with it. Um, I wouldn't have guessed it, that was the premise at all. No. Uh, it, but it's it's a solid story with uh, the ups and downs and a good definitive ending. Um, and it's definitely worthwhile. So I mean, you can binge through this and know like eight episodes, 20 minutes a piece. You're going to get through the story fast. So it's intended as a mini series. Like, yeah. they're not like, hey, let's do season two because there's I, an ending. I, uh, I'm not. I don't without spoiling anything. Right, right. I don't know. They could do another season, but I I don't think they will. Okay, I think this is just better off one of those. Th- I, I, Depends I, so how much they, money it makes. Honestly, it, well, it could it could be something where they could use the name mm-hmm. and oh, do a different story arc. Yep, make it like an anthology type thing. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So find two other messed up kids or whatever, and then do their story. Interesting. Or three or whatnot. Um. So then the other thing I've been using is I downloaded – well, I paid for Hulu Live TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ashley canceled her TV service and I pretty much – I scrapped mine. Um, and it's 40 bucks a month and it works really well. It's like 50-plus channels. I get all the wrestling. They have uh, WWE Network stuff on it, oh, which wow. is great. NXT is on there. Yeah. You can watch it. Um, but it works really well. There's not too many gl- – it, it seems to glitch a bit. When you get to like the hour mark, so it's eight fifty nine, and now it's nine o'clock, and there seems to be this weird streaming issue when shows are switching over to something new. Like it, mm-hmm. it lags for a minute, and it actually goes back, and you catch the last like fifteen seconds of what you were watching, and then it catches up again. Hmm. This is weird thing, but it's nice because you get all the features of Hulu, you get all the shows that are there. It's nice to actually watch Raw and SmackDown with no commercials or limited commercials. Um, it's got all the you know. TGIF shows, so it's cool to go back and watch Hanging with Mr. Cooper and all that. But it's also nice because now I have live TV, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no contract. So I don't know. For me, it works well. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, whatever happened to Mark Curry? He just like I, I think that was that like show. his thing. Yeah, he I guess that. So. And I actually really liked that show when was I was out. younger. Yeah, it was nice to go back and watch all the. Uh, the TGIF shows and how corny they are. Yeah. And Boy Meets World on Hulu. And I've yes. been watching oh, that God. like crazy again. <laughs> have you tried their live TV stuff? I haven't or, tried no. the live TV. It, it works well. And they're, it's, like I said, there's almost 60 channels. And it's Ooh. still in beta, so they're still testing yeah. it out. It also comes with 50 hours of DVR. Sweet. Which is nice. So, you know, Ashley's recording Total Divas and a couple <laughs> other stuff and like Grey's Anatomy. Um, the only downside is that it doesn't understand not to only record the new stuff it will literally record every episode of Grey's Anatomy that comes on That's TV crazy. Mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of like going back and deleting things but overall it's a, it's a solid experience which is definitely moving in the right direction for live TV and getting away from your typical TV nonsense awesome cable company crap 
And oh. uh, that is it. Is all. Paulo? Uh, not prepared. Um, <laughs> my first geek out. <laughs> not God, prepared. I feel like this is like the first time I'm doing this. Like, my first geek out is um, the, Present. Chappelle, the Chappelle uh, Netflix specials. Yeah. yeah. That just came out. Um, Equanimity and the Bird Revelation. Those two mm-hmm. new ones, right? Yeah. So yeah, these are the good. two new ones that came out um, uh, over the new year. And um, the like, like the equanimity to me is like his magnum opus. It's like so good, it's so smart. Like it borders on philosophy. Yeah. at some points. Yeah, jeez. And like he like he takes you on this journey that's like a lot like music. Like if you've ever played music, like in a symphony or like in a band or anything like that, you know like how like the the tempo of the the music goes and like how you, everything goes crescendos and gets uh you know it takes you on like this journey of like sound um experience and that that's kind of what like the Chappelle at least that's what equanimity does like hmm. it's a well crafted special and you can tell like it's done like he's done a lot of work since like the two specials that he released last year which were good which were also good but like you could tell he was kind of shaking the rust off a little bit for yeah. a big special like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but equanimity easily the best like comedy special in like the last 20 years yeah really like, wow. it's that good it, it really is it's really putting him in like greatest of all time territory because like wow. he does this thing where like you know how like bill burr like he does that thing where he starts with an objectionable premise. Yes, and, and then, then he reels you convinces in, convinces you, yeah, like to buy in. Chappelle can do that four times in twenty minutes mm. because, like, he's able to like present you with this premise and then be like, and then he like kind of reels you back in, whether it be through like some sort of like truth telling or whether it's like with humor. Like a lot of his special is just like, um, like I've noticed, like it has elements of different comics in terms of. The way that he presents the humor. Mm. Like Gaffigan is very much like if you watched Gaffigan's special from the one that he recorded in Boston, it was like that was like machine gun comedy. It was mm-hmm. like there was a laugh every two minutes. Right. Right. And Chappelle does that like briefly for like a like a small part of the special. But then like he takes you on this journey where he's like, listen, like this is where we are right now. I know that you are feeling a certain way. And like it's just I I I watched it twice and like it was the it was new to me even the second time around because oh, wow. you catch things that you maybe didn't catch the first time around. So I think a lot of the great comics did that. George yeah. Carlin could take you on a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Eddie Murphy when some of his yeah. specials mm-hmm. they were just really good at like you said coming up with this crazy idea and then getting you to believe in it through yeah. storytelling. So yeah. I mean, I'll give it a shot. I've I've never been a big Chappelle fan. No. Uh, no. It's I, like I hated Chappelle's show. Richard Pryor uh, the type show, yeah, was I mean, it's really just really smart. Like this one's does the, this one like there's not a whole lot of like specific like it's just like he takes a lot of what's going on now and applies and uh, applies his comedic sensibility to mm-hmm. it. Hmm. But he's also there's a certain amount of like just talking through an issue that helps you sort of understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Like I, this is one joke in the whole special. So don't fucking tell me that <laughs> this is some kind of like spoiler alert or bullshit, some bullshit like that. But so he's talking about the election, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about voting for Hillary versus voting for Trump. Yeah. And he's like, listen, nobody wanted to vote for either of them. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like you pick the one that's the least of two evils. Yeah. 
and he was talking about voting for Hillary, and this is going to get a little lewd, but he talked about voting for Hillary like if Halle Berry gave Chappelle the chance to eat her pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to eat her out, and then she farts. <laughs> like, you're still going to eat that pussy, but she farted in your mouth. <laughs> like, it... <laughs> Like, I've never felt, like, more, like, like, there's been a more accurate representation of, like, <laughs> that of the November 2016 election, or, you know, the election. Yeah, yeah. Just, mm-hmm. It felt so visceral to me, and I was like, that makes so much sense. A hundred percent. Well, if that's the analogy, then I guess voting for Trump is like slamming your balls in a drawer. Right? Or just, like, again, eating shit. And again, again, again. And again. <laughs> Like it's it I've like I mean you honestly like I recommend it. if you have Netflix yeah. watch this special because it's I will watch it tomorrow. Like it's so good. Like I I've like how's the other one? Good. So the Bird Revelation is more it's just him at like the comedy store in LA and it's just like him talking. Hmm. It's very much less put together than the than Equanimity or the other two specials. Mm-hmm. It's just him sitting in a comedy club talking to the audience. And like there's a lot of I mean, I wouldn't call it dead air, I would call it like like thoughtful pauses. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much just like a conversation and it's still pretty good. I mean <clears throat> He talks a lot about like Harvey Weinstein and like you know the uh, like the sex like the sex abuse scandals that's going on like because it's that was right around the time when it was uh, first breaking and so um, I think that's good too. Um, that's probably more better, more better. Wow, that's probably more better. Now <laughs> more better. It's uh, like that one. more better. <laughs> it's probably better for just like casual listening. Yeah, because there's a slower pace and there's not a whole lot to digest. But definitely check both of those out because cool. you will not be disappointed. Awesome. Um, my second geek out is the Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah. So um, like a lot of, you know, the, like the Black Panther movie is very black centric. I mean, <clears throat> yes. there's no doubting that like the entire cast, almost the entire class is black. Uh, the director is black. Like the people who are doing the soundtrack, Kendrick Lamar with like, a bunch of other people like the two songs that have been released so far for mm-hmm. the Black Panther Black Panther soundtrack have been great. Um he has a song with SZA like all the stars. Like that song sounds like a pop song, but it's actually like I I love it. Like I I listen to it all the time. Um and I like the direction that they're going in. Um I hope that it won't impact the movie in a way that like you know how like Marvel movies have that sort of they have like the the popular music soundtrack, but they also yeah. have like the mm-hmm. underlying score to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope the underlying score to the movie is still something different. And yeah. It's not just all Kendrick Lamar music. Oh, uh, you mean it, you hope it's not like Justice League? I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see Justice League. Oh, yet. Okay. <laughs> I have two kids, guys. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, like it's it does like the 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 time of having like all these big bands having songs as a part of the score of the movie is kind of behind us. Yeah. Like you get, you get a few, you can work in here and there like beastie boys and star Trek beyond, or um, like the way they used uh, Zeppelin in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, but oh, like so awesome, when you're using, when you're using music, like the cover of come together and justice league. And it just feels like, crowbarred in totally crowbarred in yeah like yeah. we're selling the song and it doesn't fit the movie you're just like oh yeah 
I kind of like I trust the people who are running the Black Panther movie to mm-hmm. not do that. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's obviously Marvel, and I feel like they have a better sense of you know how audiences will receive things. So. I, I think I think they know. Yeah, I think they they don't have a sense. They just know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't really messed up ever. Yeah, really. Like they've been on pretty much on point with this stuff. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm still pretty excited. The whole soundtrack hasn't really been released yet. They're just kind of coming out bit by bit. But I mean, Black Panther is coming out next month. So nice. I'm pretty excited for that. I think they have a lot of high hopes for this one. I mean, when you think about how Wonder Woman was looked upon as like, it's the first major superhero movie with yeah. a female lead. And like, you had like feminist groups coming out in many cases and be like, wow, this is amazing. And like, you know, we're taking our daughter to see if it. I yeah. think there's a lot because this is the first time that you've had, while well, you've had black superheroes, this yeah. is the first time that you were having a black superhero. It's not a whitewashed cast. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, it's going to get the general population out who are going to go see a Marvel movie. But right. I think, I think you're going to see this as, especially if it does well i think it's going to be it's going to be another one of those game changers where people are going to be like wow it's you know why did we wait this long and i and i hope it works this way because it really should and it looks like i mean the right director for the role the right leading man yeah. you know it's i'm i'm psyched for it i've been psyched for a while for it but just the more you see in the footage it looks so and the soundtrack it just it it's ramped up it looks really yeah. good <laughs> You know what's funny? Like I forgot what Chadwick Boseman sounds like normally. <laughs> like I, I, because I've been digesting a lot of like Black Panther material. So mm-hmm. like hearing him speak normally about the movie, like in press, mm-hmm. like I forgot he doesn't have like, like give Wakanda me the accent. accent. Yeah. No, you're from Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> like I forgot he doesn't have that accent. Right. And so when he talks, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Keep. It's the same way yeah. when I see Christian Bale actually uses British accent. Yes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's weird to me. You're yeah. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I say it in a high pitch voice like that <laughs> every time. Every time. That's it for me. Sweet, Matt West. All right, so I listed one on the list, but I want to throw another quick. You have key two. Cap. Oh, did I have two? Yeah, I didn't even remember that I had two. Um, the first thing I wanted to bring up is uh, somebody that a few of us had known from the world of independent wrestling, a guy who wrestled as Handsome Johnny in the last week. It was announced that um, he's been wrestling all over the world as one half of a tag team called War Machine. One of those guys uh, is Handsome Johnny? Yes. Warbeard Hanson is Handsome I Johnny. I the same response yeah, downstairs he, when he told me. So, Why? Yeah, Holy shit. Yes. And uh, it was announced earlier this week that he was signed to the WWE. I did not and even realize this that. Is, this is a guy who, I mean, I've I've known for quite some time and I've seen him go through a lot of um, ups and downs in his career. So for me, seeing a friend who's gone through all that, it's like I've known people to get signed to the WWE, but this one, for some reason, is just of all of them is like the sweetest one. Cause it's like, man, of all the people who could, who, you know, he just works so hard. And when you see somebody get what they deserve in a positive way, right. it was, it was awesome. So that was the initial, um, it's the same reason that I was pumped to see Bennett get signed. Yeah. Oh, Mike, Mikey beats another one. Mikey's Absolutely. like one yeah. of the nicest guys yeah. I ever met in wrestling. And like we had, I, I don't know if, have we had a podcast since he got signed? No. Because no. so like all the there's an episode if you go way back, way back uh, when Mike was still in Ring of Honor that uh, he did a full episode uh, interview here. Right. Uh, so yeah. you can check that out. But um, but Mikey's a guy that uh, like of all the people that we know that have gotten to that level. Mikey's the one that I know the best that I actually like train with and had matches with and stuff. Um, and not only was he with the best worker I was ever in the ring with for sure. But he is like legit one of the nicest guys with zero ego. And it was just we we all knew we all knew yeah. that if that he was the one that would have the best chance of us. 
And I think I think with Mikey B and uh, I think and congratulations, another little geek out. He and he and his wife Maria have yeah. A, yeah. a little girl on the way, yep. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Mikey always had. He was that guy though that you looked at and said, "Yeah, he's got the look. He's got mm-hmm. the talent." Yeah. Um, we should also clarify, Mike Canellis. Mike Canellis, WWE yeah, fans so, who might not know who Mikey B is. He was in in TNA uh, yeah. Impact Wrestling as Mike Bennett, but yeah. or ROH is, but he's Mike Canellis. Um, he had the look, he had the talent. Um, Handsome Johnny was a little more unconventional with his look. He wasn't what you'd imagine as a WWE star. He completely changed his look. Now oh he's like God. a cross of like Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen. Uh, he's on a tag team with this guy Ray Rowe, who's very similar, and it just. Two guys who love the business have come together and made a really special uh, tag team. It looks different than what's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a new version of almost like a, a Road Warriors kind of thing. And they're awesome. And they're great guys. And I couldn't be happier for them. So that's a huge geek out for Absolutely. me. Somebody that I'm close with seeing him you know, realize his dreams. Uh, the second one, Rob, when we went to San Diego two summers ago now for Comic-Con, one of the big things that they were pushing was South Park fractured butthole yes uh, at the time i hadn't even played the stick of truth and you were telling me, oh it's a great game it's one of the funniest so games i've ever played i got through nefarious means got myself an xbox one and the first thing i did was i downloaded the the stick of truth and had played through it and absolutely i was just wanting to get home from work and play it i would play it just in roar laughing it just my wife would sit and watch because it was like watching an episode of south park so i couldn't wait to get fractured but whole and it finally came out just earlier well the end of last year and uh, i didn't get any of the fancy member you know uh season pass or anything i just got the basic deal but it was not i I don't think it was as fun as stick of truth as far as i think because you'd seen a lot that you would have already have kind of expected all right they're going to do these things Mm -hmm. um so they didn't take quite i think the risks that they did the other one but as far as a game it was it was a lot of fun the whole south park characters as as superheroes mm. was just again it was a blast um jimmy is is fast pass yeah and and <laughs> every time do you need to get somewhere quickly you know oh man it, it was just it was it was almost as is wrong as as stick of truth but they didn't take nearly the uh some of the questionable material. You're not fighting uh, one of the the Kardashians aborted fetus. Aww. You're not going up Mister uh, Mister Slave's butthole. You're not doing. So they but, don't have all the shock value. Stuff. No, but this one in this one, most of your powers again are tied to farts because you're the new kid mm-hmm. um, who farts. But this time it's a lot of new fart powers. Like they put the sandblaster in your ass, mm-hmm. and you can power the sandblaster through your farts, or they'll put one of. Um, Professor Chaos's minions in your ass, and nice. you shoot them, and they go flying. <laughs> a game full of it, ass. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it, oh, it was, yeah. it was, but it was a lot of fun. And so, if you like Stick of Truth and you haven't played, um, I would recommend it. The copy I did get included a new. They did a new upgraded version of Stick of Truth, which I haven't played through it yet. But they did kind of ramp it up for the the next generation of of consoles. So, uh, definitely a lot of fun. And once again, you feel like you are. Playing the game, the one uh, playing the game, watching the show. The one thing I did like with this one that they didn't do in the last one is when you finish the game, you can actually go back through. Mm, and nice. if you had like smaller mini missions or things, you uh, cool. there are a lot of things that you can try and like. 
having the shit in all the different <laughs> bathrooms. There are different. Oh, man. you get yeah. That's I have one, an app for that's, that. That's one shit of, everywhere. That's one of the challenges is to go around and, and crap in as many bathrooms as possible. That's awesome. Um, they have they have little um, anime pictures of Twinking uh, Tweaking Craig having like relations and you go around and collect them all and that's another nice. omission so there's a lot there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of good stuff and and it's if you like south park and if you like stick of truth i definitely recommend it it was a lot of fun and i think i think it played close to 20 hours and all so it was a solid it was worth the money yeah, definitely totally. got a lot of play time out of it i ha- i'm holding off um for the kind of the same reason that i did for arkham knight like i was kind of bummed when they announced that there would be dlc for Fractured but whole. Yeah. Because Matt and Trey had previously said on the first game, like, oh, that's not something we're doing. Yeah, they're gonna add some some different missions and some yeah. different stuff. Uh, and I may go back and revisit at that time. Uh I just to- want I want I don't want to have to like go back, I guess. Yeah. Like I want to do it all in one sitting. So I'm waiting until all the DLC comes out and I'll get like the inevitable game of the year edition or complete package or whatever it is. I did the typical Black Friday set. Usually Black oh, Friday yeah. I go in and see what's what's cheap, you know, yeah. what's and and you know, save thirty bucks on the game. So definitely nice. Yeah. So good stuff. All right. I just want to go back to like the nefarious means by which you secured. <laughs> I that, that sat in my head like, too. That's the thing that grabbed my attention. It was like, oh yeah, this game's great. And What'd you do? What I did actually didn't do? do anything. I was really. hoping we were gonna just go right by. Yeah, that. no, it was more or less. My wife had to get a new computer, and um, I had no need for a game system. There was no reason for me to get a game system. I got rid of all my game systems, and the computer she was getting oh, came oh. with a TV as a. Oh, if you buy this, you get a, a 40 inch TV. And I oh, said. Sh- I said, we have really? a 40-inch TV. We don't need another 40-inch TV. But it, you could, for the same price, instead get an, yeah, Xbox, an Xbox One. I said, well, we kind of need an Xbox One. And she's like, well, why do we need an Xbox One? Well, because why it, not? It, it's Blu-ray works better than the, the, the Blu-ray we have that doesn't you know, have Wi-Fi. And we can do this and that and the other. And Consoles so she, are more future She somehow proof. agreed yeah. to it. And now I've got her playing that uh, one of the Forza racing games. So oh, now, yeah. now it's totally great. She oh, she's, she's a great. Gamer. She's a gamer. So yeah. we're it's good. a good thing she thought of it. Yes, <laughs> no, it was great that she had to get that computer. Yeah. You just got to make. I'm it. blown away that you had the you bought a computer and you got the option of a TV or an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. do you buy TV uh, computers? Oh, that's a downside. It was a Dell, but huh. you know, I had I had a Dell preferred account at the time. Still ah. do, but it was one of those we needed to get her a new computer at the time and didn't have. So got her the laptop and it was one of those. Hey, so that's sure. Insane. Nice. I have a hard I mean, time substituting like tater tots instead of fries. <laughs> <laughs> and, like you get an Xbox. That's going to be an charge. Yeah. Too much Jeez. pressure. Cool. Uh, so my first one is a game that I have been playing uh, for a little bit. Not as much as I'd like to because I just recently <laughs> uh, this past November. I got a completely new computer. Mm. Um, that so thing is a beast. It is a it's beast. It's the first time seeing it. And this is a beast. Uh, it puts every computer I've ever seen to shame. <laughs> that thing is insane. I wouldn't say every computer I've ever seen, but it is a beast. Um, and fortunately, it, it was a gift from the community, too. So I have, to, nice. I have to thank them, of course. Um, but the... uh the, say it's a family at this point. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? And I know they just got me a birthday present, too. I have a ring light for our studio lighting now that I'm going to set up soon, so... Very nice. That's exciting, too. Wow. Um, so a game called Subnautica, which I don't know if you've heard of, but it is basically a an underwater survival exploration game. Oh, you is this the one you showed me? Yes. Oh, it is, this was cool. It is straight up gorgeous. Um, like, like you get those kind of like bioluminescent fish mm-hmm. and stuff underwater. Uh, they're all like alien. You're on an alien planet, essentially. So you you start off by crash landing on this alien planet that's pretty much 
almost all water. There's some islands here and there. Uh, there's a story that they were building into it. But this is a game. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Steam Early Access program? So basically, that you, if you're not Steam, you're allowed to release a game before it's ready and put it into the Early Access program. People can buy it for full price at that time to support development of it with the agreement that when the full version releases, your game will just update to that. So it updates as they make improvements and as they make changes. So you can be part of the process and the feedback. And then when the game is released, it's kind of like a Kickstarter in a way, but like they're making the game anyway. So you either buy it or you don't. You get to join them or you can wait until it's all done. It's great. Um, but the Subnautica has been in early access for three years now. And it is finally releasing uh, for realsies on January 23rd. All full, right. Full version coming out of early access, which means the uh, full narrative of the story is complete. So it'll be the first time you really get to play through the game and not just kind of explore and survive, but actually do all that and then have the full story as a part of it. And I'm really excited for that. I think that's open to other consoles as well as just uh, on Steam. As far as I know, I think I've seen trailers for it on uh, for Xbox One. Yeah, because I remember seeing the trailer and being like, "Wow, that is really beautiful." Yeah, there's cool there's even a uh, for Xbox One. Really? Yeah, oh, that might be. There's even a, a, a VR component for it too. Wow. Yep. So it's VR ready. Uh, my second geek out is Plex. Is anybody familiar with Plex? Yes, I love Plex. You use it? I do use it. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Plex, Plex is a uh, a software that is a media server for your computer. So what it does is you can put all your media onto it. Um, I've described in the past how I had like a hard drive that had a media server and it shared all of my videos from there to my uh, my PlayStation so I could watch them on my TV. Yeah. Plex does the same thing, but instead of it being a separate hard drive, it's all software that's right on my computer. Uh, the thing that I really, really like about it is that I um, when I when I convert my, my like my movies into digital and stuff and my TV shows into digital. I can put them on here and then like I name them by like the movie name and the year or like the TV show and the episode and the season and stuff. And I don't have to do like any additional work. Like I just say these are the folders my stuff is in. And then when I open up Plex on my PlayStation or my phone and it does work on all like different devices, um, it automatically like says it, it's kind of like a Netflix ish type layout. But it's like, these are the things you recently added. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the next. You just watched this episode of this season of this show. Here's the next one. And then uh, if you have it, of course, it'll say this is the next one. And it keeps track of what I've watched and what I haven't watched, which is the best part, because I used to keep like a separate list so that I would remember because I'm watching so much shit. Um, so it keeps track of it for me, which is really nice. Uh, and uh, also it deals with like file types. So we'll transcode media files. So like if there's a file that's not normally compatible with my PS4 video player, it will transcode that on the fly and convert it while I'm streaming it to a format that will play, which is super nice. And it does that for different devices. So like if I want to open up Plex on my phone, the app, I can stream them from my computer as well. And mm -hmm. it will transcode to a format that's appropriate for my iPhone which is super cool. And it's it's been like an organizational godsend. I only started using it like within the last month or so. But it's been around for a while, I believe. I'm using it pretty pretty rudimentary. I'm not even using it as advanced as you are. Uh, one of the guys I play in a band with, uh, he's our tuba player, mm -hmm. and uh, he has he has a GoPro mounted on his tuba. Mm -hmm. We call the tuba cam, and every gig we do, he records pretty much everything, mm -hmm. and then he uploads 
everything. So we can go on mm. Plex and we can go check, uh, which is cool, except that, you know, because it's a, a high energy band at times, you, you get motion sick watching because right. the tuba cam is going back and forth. But, it, cool. but it's super cool because we can, you know, oh, you, know, you can go back and check out gigs that they did. You know, they, this band has traveled all around before I joined and you can see all the stuff that they've done all around, you know, in Texas and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but that's how we're using it. You know, he has, well, yeah, he uploads, yeah, that's cool. which is kind of the conventional web. But again, I can watch it on my phone. I can watch it to the Xbox. I can watch it on Roku. You just download the app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is a way to that's, share that's things awesome. like outside of your network too. So like, uh, I have I have a double router set up, which is the thing preventing me from properly doing it. But when I integrate that or set it up properly in Plex, it means that I could people outside the podcast don't know this, but it means I could replace the hub with this. And if you had your own Plex account, you could just watch that way huh. and not have to worry about sometimes the hub going down and stuff like that. So, yeah cool i just realized i'm nodding on an audio format podcast <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah i should probably say something but that <laughs> no, you're, cool. you're a video it's both audio and video yeah. but yes we are primarily yeah. for for the, the podcast the is primarily the audio nodding his head right yeah. his head. seriously we'll just shout cast everything paul does nodding his head <laughs> nodding his head more better it's like the golf commentary like quiet track <laughs> all right uh those are our geek outs yes, so sir. now let's move to our Freakouts. Oh, freakout! All right. So I somehow, because I don't know how it happened, completely lost interest in The Walking Dead. Mm. And hey, this too. is, this was the first show that I ever made a point besides wrestling to see every single week. Like it was like, it's Sunday. I don't care what we're doing. Even if there was like a pay-per-view on, I was like, no, we're watching The Walking Dead. And we got like through all the seasons and I've been so tied into it and loving it. And I got through season seven kicked off like insanely violent. And it was like, oh, my God, this is going to be nuts. This is just going to be an amazing season. And we got to the mid-season finale and it came back. And I don't know what happened in that time, but I just went. I don't care anymore. Mm. Ratings dropping. Like, it, it dropped the viewers, yeah. And I'm just, but like nothing, it wasn't like the story got bad to me. It was just, they took that break and I just went, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not into this. I don't really care anymore. And I know we're there. Are they season eight? They're what, halfway through that? Yeah. Now? Yeah. They're coming I have back no idea what's happened. And I'm still just like, so go, All right, I can binge, binge watch and get caught up. I'm like, I don't even want to do that. Oh, the, 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 cliffhanger, I don't know the cliffhanger was pretty good. What they ended with was pretty, pretty big. This was at the mid season break. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty solid. And the way they built it was pretty good. I think, like, generally speaking, though, like, I think there a lot of people have Walking Dead fatigue. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just been going on for so long that people were like, I'm less interested in the show. Um, or it's just like, you know, there's only so much time off that you can take before a show. You lose interest in a show because, like, yeah. I think the one exception to that might be like Game of Thrones because, like, they take like years off between yeah. seasons. Not gonna get that till next year. Yeah, yep. but people right. are still gonna probably watch that. But like with Walking Dead, it's been going on for so long that like this is eight years, and there's so much content to digest. It's like yeah, you can jump to something else and be like, oh, this is my thing now. And then Walking Dead comes back, and you're like, uh. Like this is, I mean, like especially if you don't have like a ton of time, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. yeah. So I just I don't. Know. I, I was just I, sitting and thinking of it the other day, and it's like, how many other people are in the same boat as every? Like, I didn't know the ratings were dropping. 
Yeah. So clearly, the, then people are all starting to get burnt out on it. Or so I wonder then if that's gonna, if that continues where they're going to go. I mean, do they just go, hey, we're going to take a year off? Well, they did. They're or, doing that crossover, right? To the Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh, are they? Like, um, they're moving the character, Morgan, the, yeah. the movie Morgan, into the Fear of the Walking Dead, and he's coming off of Walking Dead. Right. So it's like. I guess that's the one way that they can rejuvenate it. Also, like Scott Kimball got fired, mm-hmm. so mm. um, so he's no longer part of that show. Um, I think a lot of the press recently has been pretty negative. Yeah, um, especially like I think Norman Reedus did a, did an interview and he's pretty upset about like someone dying. Shit, I almost spoiled it. Um, like he was pretty upset about a recent death on the show. Yeah, and, like he was saying something to the effect of. You know, the people who I started this show with are, like, my core family. You know, these are the people that I feel like, you know. And he basically said, like, these people should never die. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, part of the excitement of that show is is when main characters die. Mm -hmm. Right. Anybody could die at any time. Like, death is a very, like, is a through line throughout the entire series. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm burnt out. I haven't haven't watched it all season or for the last, like, year and a half or so. So... I mean, I'm, and I don't have plans to pick it up either. So it's kind of at that point where, you know, we have to start thinking about a world without that show. I'm still on that one, but I burned off of uh, a fear. I was watching Fear. As I well. haven't watched a single episode. And I, of it. this, I went, that one went off the gone. Yeah. Hmm. And I know Rob doesn't give an F. I saw the pilot because Volpe made me watch <laughs> I did. it. Damn those zombies. <laughs> He's seen one episode and he was like, I'm done with this. I'm done. Canceled. Uh, my next freak out. And I'm glad that you have an Xbox one. So because you're going to help decide what this is. I'm either getting too old, even though I think you're older than me. Mm. <laughs> but on the inside, late. I could be older. Volpe's the baby here. Um, or it's just the worst interface dashboard of all time so like today i was trying i had a few minutes this morning so i was trying to download a game for free on xbox one. Oh, the new the new and i can't figure out dashboard where the fuck i am at oh, yeah, any it's, point it's on awful. that dashboard they just, i can't they renewed find it like two months ago or so and yeah. it's like I don't, every time i turn it on it's like let's play the update game yeah and then which i know rob loves that game that's it's my favorite, favorite game. PlayStation game, yeah, the update game. But well, that's the nice thing they about ported PS4. ported it over to the Xbox. Does it automatically? So, uh, I can't figure out where right, anything like is. Right, you can games with gold, and then you can see all the... Yeah, now I downloaded... Now it's like a different little thing. And you I don't know. I downloaded the game, and then I went, I don't... Where's the game? Where's the game? How do I find... And I literally sat there, and I picked up my phone, like my shirt said, and I was about to Google, and I went, no, you have to find the game. You can't Google how to use the dashboard find the game and it took me a few minutes like i'm clicking all the tabs trying to i can't figure out where anything it's horrible i don't understand absolutely what it. it was not horrible. bad where it was originally like why they've had to go to where it is now it's convoluted there's yeah. eight million tabs i don't yeah, know where anything be, is just, there were tabs but you could just each one made sense mm-hmm. you, know, yeah. you didn't have to go down here and then over and it's it made sense it was they logical. need to now fix it so it's like netflix here's your categories or yeah. whatever Here's your game demos. Here are the games. Here, whatever, and you just if you're capturing TV, here's your recorded clips. Yeah. yeah, it's a mess. Like the only thing I like about the new Xbox dashboard is how you can very easily switch between game, in game, and like chat or like go to the party settings or anything like that. I did notice that that was like, like it's a lot yeah, smoother to record a, something or live stream was super easy. It's like less button mashing to yeah. get to where you want to be if you're 
switching from game to something real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, because I play Destiny, so I, like I'm always like joining parties and stuff, and so like that process is super easy. It's maybe like four or five button clicks, mm-hmm. and I'm in the party in chat, and I'm good to go, and I can just go back to the game. Before it was like, oh, I gotta and, like you, if you missed that invite, it was like fuck because you gotta right. go to the social setting, and then you gotta <laughs> find the invite, and then you're like shit, and then sometimes it expires, and then you're like ah, invite <laughs> me again, and so like by the end of it, you're just so frustrated, you just want to like snap the controller and have but then you and buy a playstation yeah but then you remember that it's a 50 dollar controller (laughs) i need to be a better day of throwing the controllers over yeah right i i feel like what has happened with the dashboard is that for somebody who's now well not i mean general but in general a casual gamer or turns it on for the first time they're literally gonna go i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. where like it's not easy anymore Mm -hmm. like it's almost as though they're gearing more towards like the hardcore gamer or somebody who's always on the Xbox playing, playing, playing. For me, just picking it up and downloading a game, I literally just didn't know what to do after I downloaded well, I mean, it. Bottom line is, it. if it's not intuitive, then... At all. Right. It's terrible. The other thing that's is they've they're still really stuck on the you're gonna each each player is gonna have an individual gamer profile attached to their, so it's not easy for like if I'm playing a game that's a two player game you say hey I want to hop in and play second player yeah. oh log in you know just hit start like that's one of those like my wife would play way more but like it'll say oh you have to put in your password yeah then she, which password I haven't played in six months which, and then it's like it won't let her play without a password and then she's like I'm, I'm sick all of right so I haven't yeah. actually played a game then on my Xbox One where there's two players that sounds like in my mind, I'm just going great. So if I get a game and Ashley wants to play or Autumn, this is gonna suck. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem very... like many. Like not every game. Sometimes you can sign them both on like under your profile. Yeah, but like they should just have like a guest function. Like if you don't yeah. want to do all that, so just hit it and go. <laughs> and I don't think it has that for every game. So that that's just another thing that there's been times where we we're gonna play whatever, and she got so annoyed with it. She's like, oh, I'm it done. Sucks. I'm I'm yeah, you know, not gonna that's play. Pain. Right. It should be easy. You mm-hmm. should be able to turn that thing on, pick up the controller, and just go. Head start. Everything should be easy. They Street really line. should gear all this stuff towards, like, the idiot. Like, the newbie who knows not. Like, this should be that easy. That's Volpe's you know, way of saying, dumb, make it for me. Make it for me. <laughs> dumb it down. But that's how you get more people involved. Right. It's true. The more complicated hard, something is, the more you have te- to think. The minute somebody's confused, the they're done. You'll have the technology for the yeah. hardcore gamer. But... You know, let the person who'd never gamed before get right into it, because eventually they will be. If it's easy, they yeah. will. They'll stay. An intuitive OS has to be programmed so that the lowest common denominator can have an easy <laughs> time with it. <laughs> lowest. <laughs> For those who common can't see us, Volpe is like lowest. RVD pointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to himself. So that those are my freakouts. All right, Paulo. Ah, uh, my freakouts are all Dragon Ball related. No. So the first one is Dragon Ball Super. So For those of you who can't see Paul, is I'm on board exploded. with you on this one, Paul. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Super, a lot of like I like it's just untenable at this point. Like people are going through several different power ups, and there's one bad guy who's just like more powerful than everyone. Like as a story, yeah. Makes... But then the next bad guy will be more powerful than everybody. Yeah, and then they'll power up again, and it's just like this was good. Like in the '90s when mm-hmm. we were like first exposed to Dragon Ball, we're like, oh, this is awesome! Screaming for 20 minutes, like that was awesome. But now it's like I expect a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I know that there is like a younger audience that's digesting this show, and they kind of you know they they think it's okay. 
but like for me it's like i like i will just like there are a couple of facebook pages that will just publish like the highlights from the show mm-hmm. I, that's how i watch it now because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like fuck that like i'm not gonna spend 30 minutes like watching the show yeah. if like 25 minutes of it is garbage like the fight is probably all i want to see or like the new form or whatever like mm-hmm. and so i'm just like it and also like it's ending in march oh definitely. really yeah wow. like like is the series over or this like that's what they say like wow they, they say like the series is going to be over like i mean the current story arc lends itself to that hmm. sort of quick ending because the current story arc is like one of those things where they cram like 20 episodes into like mm. in the story it's 15 minutes yeah you know? and so they're doing that and then event like universes are getting killed off and so Jesus. it lends itself to that like very quick ending but at the same time like i expect a little bit more like the story kind of sucks i um i was watching season one and they're on like season three or something now right yeah like, like i was watching season one and i i knew it was a rehashing of the battle of gods storyline uh-huh. But like, and I was happy to see like those things that I felt like Battle of Gods was missing, mm-hmm. like some of those little humorous parts. But they were also inserting humor in like weird spots, yeah. like when you should have had something super dramatic. Goku's like with like this big like weird yeah. face, and then you're like, well, I don't understand what's happening here. Um, but I feel like as I know about some like the other power ups that are coming, mm-hmm. and I feel like Dragon Ball has always had a problem with that, like. They back in Z, they had people that would destroy the whole planet if they missed a shot. Like, where do you go from there? They're Mm -hmm. battling a god in season one of this show. Mm -hmm. Where do you go from there? Like, do these other Super Saiyan levels mean nothing now? Because they're like, it's like it's like the Xbox. Wait, what what is it? The Xbox One X. All the all the letters. So it's like it's like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Like they're just compounding on each other, and it's stupid. Like it's it's uh, at some point it becomes less meaningful or has no meaning at all mm-hmm. if somebody has a power up. Yeah, because it's like, well, what's the point? Like the the bad guy is probably more powerful right now, and so we know that in three episodes somebody else is going to get a power up. Mm. So I don't know. It just the snake eating its tail is kind of getting old, and it's sad because like this is like a series that is near and dear to my heart. Like Same. these characters, you know. So a little frustrated with that. Second freak out is, um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead. I don't have a ton of disposable income, but I like to buy shoes when I can. Um, And so Dragon Ball is doing a sort of uh, crossover with Adidas Mm -hmm. where they're building like character themed shoes. And they took every trash model of the Adidas shoe and then just threw it through the Dragon Ball like color palette. And so, like, every... You can kind of tell. Like, you look at a shoe and you're like, oh, that's Vegeta's shoe because it's blue, yellow, and black. Like, mm. all right, oh. cool. Oh, and then that's, like, Majin Buu's shoe. Because they don't have pink. anything that's, like, really Dragon Ball on it. Like, I mean, the Goku shoe kind of looks like his... Like, you could see him wearing that with the, you know, the, his um, uniform or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, but, I mean, coming from, like... A stylistic perspective, like looking at the shoes, like God, it's like nobody wears these shoes. These are garbage. Like, yeah, you kind of wish that these were like better shoes that you wanted to wear, as opposed to just being like a theme shoe that you're wearing because you like the theme. Yeah, sounds like a quick way to try to cash in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that like sucks. It's like I really like this 
like type of denim. Too bad it's fucking booty shorts. <laughs> like, like, you know, like it's the same sort of like, yeah. like you get the same feeling. It's like, oh, this shoe oh, is great. Paul, because if anybody can pull off booty shorts. I know. Let's not Come lie. On. Paul. Come on. I mean, I'm a parent now, so I have like a really weird butt. So <laughs> it's not like. Is, I'm not like because Paul's like, the one that had the kid. Didn't even, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even yeah. give birth. I even I even have give birth, but like I mean I eat like shit and like I sleep like shit, so like my butt just I mean is a parent butt. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag parent butt. Hashtag dad butt. Dad butt body. Dad butt. I think yeah. Paul just named our episode. Yeah, hashtag dad butt. Like <laughs> dad butt. You don't want to see me in like booty shorts, but yeah. So it kind of sucks that like it's this thing that i like and this other thing that i like but they're coming together and it's a thing that i'm not super excited about so yeah, on a very basic level it sucks yeah well, that's it for me all right uh matt west yeah i'm not gonna hit the the freak out i said but i would like to kind of slant that a little bit uh sure. anti anti-social media not social media, but anti-social media. Uh, we're in a political climate where there are people who are very passionate about whatever their side is, and you have the right to have your passions to either side. Mm -hmm. But we're in a world now where everybody feels that because they have social media, they have the right to voice their opinions, which they do have. But I think we need to, as a society, take a step back and look at how we're doing this. And the reason I say that is I'm seeing friendships lost. Yeah. Now, for mm -hmm. example, I today was supporting people I'm close with um, at a women's march in Providence. And I was dreading, and I shouldn't, I was dreading putting up what I was doing today because I know I have some very conservative friends who instantly wanted to make it about, you know, their beliefs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a Facebook page, a Twitter, whatever – Spout whatever you want. If you want to say the stuff, I mean, we have a president who does it every day, millions of times a day, says the things think of, you know, um, <laughs> wicked smart, but, uh, you know, stable genius. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> be sensitive to, you know, we are still, we are still a community. We are still society. We have to get along. And just because you don't necessarily agree with the belief of the person who you have been friends with for years mm -hmm. doesn't mean you need to suddenly weigh in on your political beliefs. And I, I'm starting to get to that. I'm not one who's big on censorship, but I'm starting to like when people put things on my on my Facebook yeah. that I don't agree with. You know, I had somebody ask, oh, what was what was the march about? And I just said, oh, it, it was promoting some um, some social issues. Mm -hmm. One of the women who was involved in one of the organizers, just she uh, she just said, this is what we were there for. And it, she didn't make an opinion. She just said, yeah. "What?" Then somebody else who I've known for a very long time, who often puts his keyboard commando foot in his mouth, then said, "Well, are you aware with gun issues that blah 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 blah?" Because gun control was one of the things. It's so related, and, and, right? And I just deleted the whole, not the initial post, but all the the threads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's more and more of that. Like, I understand people are passionate about politics. You have people on the far right, the far left, and those of in the middle, kind of in the middle are watching the volleys go, but you shouldn't be afraid to, to put how you feel on your Facebook or whatever in fear of some one of your friends starting something that either is going to get you in the middle or cause an, like a brawl between them and somebody else. And mm -hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen over the last year, friends stop talking. People who yeah. would like literally we go out to bars regularly, literally block each other. I mean, I've seen a guy who was ready to sing for another guy's band be like, fuck this guy. I don't want to have anything to do with him because he's, you know, he's too, he's too liberal or whatever. It's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, I get it. I get everybody really believes in what they believe in and that's great. And we should be passionate about taking a bigger role in where our society is going. Uh, but remember when it comes down to it, that relationships are what's important and that, 
you know, even if you don't agree with your buddy, what they said, you can still be friends. Mm -hmm. Just be smart about the way you're voicing things. Use a little common sense. Use a little uh, decorum, maybe, um, because social media, it can be powerful. But, man, can it make I've, I've just seen some horrible things in the last yeah, mo few months, last yeah. year. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was going to talk about that tied to the last gen. <laughs> which this ended up being a way more social statement. I think it actually was a better freak out in the long run. So yeah. anyway, that's where I, so just, you know, don't, don't be a dick. There is you know? no bigger waste of time than arguing with people on social media. It's awful. What do you think you're going to accomplish? People are putting Nothing. their opinions out. Nobody's actually looking for responses. People just need to vent. Oh, but here's the thing. I don't think any of us really want to hear too many people's opinions to begin with. The problem is, so if we're sitting in a room like this, odds are I'm not out of any nowhere just going to go, so there was a woman's march today, fuck Trump. Right. But the problem is people are sitting at home, they got nothing to do, and all of a sudden they just type something like, you know, mm -hmm. political or whatnot, and they put it out there. There's almost far less brain power and thought process now in just posting something versus starting a conversation mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. friendships aren't going to get lost because we sit in a room, the four of us, and discuss <coughs> and have a And have a conversation. We're not going right. to – the friendships the four of us have are not going to get ruined. But the social media can kill it because then somebody else chimes in who's not even in yep. the room. Right. And then it gets worse and right. somebody's taxed somebody else yeah, personally. Yeah, you're snowflakes. And, ah. Yeah, it just yeah. – you're right. It's absolutely yeah. out of control. You know what it is? Like a lot of it is just like – if you've never been in a situation where you're about to get hit, then you have absolutely no throttle control when it comes to like mm -hmm. social media. Like if you've ever been in a situation where somebody's about to hit you in the face, like <laughs> you are able to initiate a level of self-control that turns you into a much better person. Mm -hmm. And yeah. those lessons, I think, carry over to social media because you don't immediately think I'm going to post the most fucking offensive thing ever. Like you think, what are the consequences of this? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you pause for a second, and then you don't write it out because even though you know you're not going to get hit in the face, you that instinct is already burned into your memory. I think sometimes it, it's like people would journal; they would write things in a journal, mm -hmm. and that would get it out. Yeah. yeah. Like there have been times where I will type some vulgar shit on Facebook and then put it only me. And I'll post or it. Or hit a race or whatever. And then right? I'll delete it. Yeah. Right after. And I'm like, yep. oh, I it's got it out. You Nobody saw it and it's gone. Absolutely. Now. Like just because you get angry about mm -hmm. whatever. I think people just, you have to remember that you can actually put stuff out there that other people don't. So like mm -hmm. you can type something and get it out and then delete it. Because I think, I think a lot of people have lost the outlet. And yeah. it's turning into the outlet is voicing their opinion on social media, whatever form that might be. Yeah, and it's just, it. it's not. It's just not. Working. I do see it's a lot of things healthy, that like what it is. I want to respond to because it does like strike something in me that I'm like, oh, I want to get involved in that conversation or at least express like another opinion. And sometimes there is a place of anger that that comes from. And sometimes it's a place of, well, let yeah. me tell you. Uh, but then <laughs> I so I start doing it and then I'm like, let me tell you. Me and then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is like what what like yeah. this is not a good use of my yeah, time exactly how about i like go do something productive <laughs> i think in social media should have been a place of being able to educate each other and help each other and support each other mm -hmm. and it turned into a place where we 
bash each other mm-hmm. relentlessly. Mm-hmm. And it did the complete – like Facebook was designed to stay connected with your friends and keep up to, with what you're each doing. And in theory, hey, great job. You know, you got a job. Like whatever you're doing, yep. good. And it turned into the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's getting worse. Like I almost hope that they just somehow find a way to censor and filter the shit out of it. I'm fine with it because it's just out of control. And on that note, if you're looking for a place where you can have wonderful conversations in a uh, nice environment with a bunch of people that aren't shitheads, go to thegeekgeneration.com slash discord to join our discord server for free. Uh, we have we do have conversations like this, like we're having right now, but with the understanding of like these are kind of the guidelines of the community and everybody's respectful mm-hmm. of each other all the time. And if you get out of line, you're going to get the smackdown because you don't talk to other human beings like that. Respect. So we can have none. open, real conversations like you would want to have with people that, you know, and these are with people that you might not know yet, but you'll grow to know and also know that there are kind of like social expectations that like other social media places don't have. So, you know, just saying. Uh, so my first freak out is a recent change to Instagram. I was a little more bummed about it when it happened than I am now because it's not happening as much as I thought it would, which are the Instagram recommended posts. Have you guys seen those yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was one thing when they started doing ads and I was like, oh, this is kind of a bummer. They're throwing things in my feed that I don't want. But now they're actually showing me content from other users that I don't necessarily want. So I, I... There's no way to block it is the biggest thing. Like, I can say temporarily hide this, but I can't just stop it from showing up, unfortunately. Um, But I guess the nice thing is that even though I'm annoyed that it's there, it really hasn't come up a lot. Like, when I first saw it, my reaction was like, what the fuck? is just like, I don't want this in my feed. (laughs) And I got that same kind of, like, mad again. My first emotion is always anger. Uh, (laughs) And then then after a little bit, like, it just wasn't there that much. So I kind of started to forget about it, except for the fact that I read it in my show notes. So So this is what kept me angry about it. But I think I've seen it, like, two or three times in the last week. So I guess that's not that big a deal. But I am annoyed that they feel they can keep intruding in the things that I follow. Like one of the reasons I like Instagram is because I don't see retweets essentially. Like some people can regram things or repost things, yeah. but it doesn't happen that much. Right. And when it does, it's usually still super relevant to the person posting it. Right. And the culture of Instagram is just a little bit different speaking of social media in it's general. Almost, it's one, not as it, easy. it's a positive place too. Yeah. It just but I and, and I don't want and it's partially positive because you have as much control over your feed as you do so yeah. if they start changing that i'm not a fan of that I, I, there's people i follow i don't ever see posts from mm. it's the same 10 15 people all the time yeah and they're not posting all the time it'll be a post from three days ago well that's like, also because their whole algorithm that? changed and i hate that but there's people i follow oh, rob there were times i've gone and see if what you've posted and i'm like when the hell did he post that? Why? Because I, I don't post that? things as frequently. So people that post more frequently and that you interact yeah, with is, more is, get yeah. pushed to the top of your algorithm. And yeah, it's a problem. It is. Because they think that's the stuff you want to see more of. Not necessarily the people that you're closest to, but the people that you interact with more. Right. So if people post more, you're bound to interact with them more. And thereby, they get more attention. And yeah. it's a weird thing. But that's a whole other 
mess. <laughs> um, the other one are the uh, YouTube new partner partner requirements. Have you guys heard about these? Yeah, then mm-hmm. it get like way stricter or harder yeah. to break into. Yeah. So, um, oh. so I've been a member of the YouTube partner program for a while. It wasn't crazy hard to get into. But as a response to a shithead that should not be named because he doesn't deserve any press. What for the is the YouTube partner program? Shit. Um, so basically it is, it allows me to do certain things on YouTube that non-partners can't do. Uh, the key being monetization. Oh, okay. So because I'm a YouTube partner, I am allowed to run ads during yeah. my content and therefore make a little money. So is it. that every time that I, so that's every person is a part of that? When Not I click everybody. on their video and they run an ad. Oh, first? if they have an ad, yes, they're part of okay. the program, and it's a lot of people. It, it's every um, video I ever watch. Right. <laughs> if there's literally, if there isn't an ad, I'm like, I hit the jackpot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the yes. requirements are not ridiculous. Sure. But they're changing. Uh, so the new requirement is that you need to have both 1,000 subs, and you need to have within the last year 4,000 hours watched of your content. Jeez. Otherwise, by like the end of February, you will be uh, kicked out of the YouTube partner program. And I am in that because I don't meet either of those requirements. So the, the the issue that I have with it. Wait, so you have to have a minimum of a thousand a thousand following people following. Yeah. Subscribe. And you have to have four thousand four thousand hours, hours worth, of, worth content of content watched, watched in the last year. That seems like they are pretty strict. Yeah. So it's 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 a bit higher. It's not unreachable, but it's a bit higher. I'm at about like sixteen or seventeen hundred hours, though in the last year um and i'm at like not even 400 followers so uh so the geekgeneration.com slash youtube uh, <laughs> but th- th- this is not just an ad for the uh for just the, keep watching the videos over i am i am putting run. a lot of stuff up there though but um yeah. the the thing that sucks about it <laughs> is it's going to because and this is youtube's response they're like we're doing this to protect content creators meanwhile the the one who caused this whole thing is a higher content creator that this would never impact anyway. So how does it protect content creators and at this all? This is um, uh, that guy. Who it's a jail. backlash to that shit storm. Yes. His initials are LP. Yes. So is this, so if there's less people, <laughs> will, it, will it cost the ad? So if I wanted to advertise on YouTube, is yep. it going to cost me more money now because there's fewer people that I can advertise? on fewer channels i don't know i wonder if this is a way to get more money then it must be no it's it's simply youtube's way to they they are they're framing it that they're uh that they're framing it to protect content creators Mm, but But somebody's making out somewhere otherwise they would have just said why are we gonna do that why are we gonna piss off a a ton of people there's something in it for somebody somewhere oh i'm sure i'm sure i feel like this is kind of like they're raising the threshold in order to filter out the quote unquote rabble. You know what I mean? Right. The garbage right. that's sitting around. But the yeah. rabble doesn't seem to be the problem. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. Like the 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 people who are on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of the partner program, mm-hmm. yeah. like they're actually producing content that people want to watch mm-hmm. in order to advance the goals of their channel. Yeah. Like the people at the higher end are the ones who are experimenting with like fucked up content yes. or stupid shit like you never hear like hey joe blow from like you know wisconsin is like has a really controversial youtube channel and he only has like two thousand subscribers mm-hmm. or whatever so and part gonna... of that's because they don't have a name so you don't yeah. hear news about them but but like you always hear about the people at the top end of the spectrum who are like using racial slurs or like yeah. going to foreign countries and pissing people off yeah like 
Like you should be more like it. The threshold shouldn't be raised to solve the issue. Right. It's that the program should be more vigilant about policing yes. it. Yeah. Like if this is essentially mm. a community, right, of yep. content creators, and so right. you just need a better element to police it. Although I do understand that logistically that is a huge issue because mm-hmm. that is like millions of hours of content per month that people are forced to like rake yeah, through yeah. before somebody finds something that's like, oh, this might not be that great. We should demonetize this. Or, oh, this guy is producing a lot of content that's objectionable. We should remove him from the program. Like that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Also, YouTube is owned by Google. Yeah. So I failed to see the issue with like a heavy lift. You know right. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if this is a problem that requires a lot of work, you're they one of the most have powerful. the resources t- to fix it. Yeah, right. you're one of the yeah. most powerful tech companies. Yeah in the world maybe do something about it and also shouldn't the proper response to the problem be okay we're gonna make it harder for new content creators to come in but you know the ones who've been on our platform for years with no strikes like why take it away from them if they've been doing just fine they should grandfather you in you've been there why why are they gonna right i've been making content for years granted i haven't built up a huge audience but if you if the 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 other side of not just monetization, I don't make a lot of money on YouTube at all. I won't miss it that it's gone, but I will miss how the algorithm uh, treats partners in the search results. Mm-hmm. So if you're a non-partner, you don't show up as high and therefore it's harder to grow. Right. So even though the fact that I'm creating what I think is quality content and definitely uh, not causing any problems. I have non-controversial content aside from the fact that I swear and make lewd jokes every now and then. Aside from that, like, there's no reason my content is breaking any TOS, so why am I getting smacked mm-hmm. when I've been doing it for fucking years with no problem? That's, that, that is kind of shitty to me, but anyway. You tell him, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of partner programs, uh, this is a good time to take a quick break and say that if you're a gamer that wants to help support the geek generation, we have partnered up with the folks at Humble Bundle. When you shop in the Humble store or buy the latest bundle, a portion of your purchase comes our way. Just use thegeekgeneration.com slash Humble before you buy your games. And that uh, helps us out a little bit. And we appreciate that. We've got a few things to review. And we got a quick news item. And then uh, we'll get we'll get through all this stuff. This marathon pot. It's not a marathon. We're like a little over an hour now. But uh, Volpe, yeah. what do you got for a review? Uh, I reviewed or I finally finished playing the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Yes, I played through it. Well, I have the last episode to play still, but I really enjoyed it too. Yes, it was fantastic. Had no idea that this game even existed. It was uh, given to me. Ashley gave it to me in September as like a, hey, congratulations on the anniversary of the gym. So she bought me a couple games, and that was one of them, along with Mortal Kombat, uh, so I could play as Jason. (laughs) um, She knows you well. Yeah, and I did. I was like, finally got around to playing it just a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago I started, and I beat it. And I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, this came out in the spring of 2017, and the final episode came out this past November. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that comparing it to the other Telltale games I've played, which were Walking Dead and Back to the Future, this was by far the best one. Like they are learning from their mistakes. Mm -hmm. They're fixing their mistakes. They're making the games 
so much more fluid. The storytelling is so much better. I felt as though the characters were – so I didn't read the comics or anything, but they were as true to the movie version of the characters as possible. So many times I just found myself <laughs> laughing out loud mm-hmm. because of how Rocket and uh, Star-Lord are interacting or how Mantis is just confused by the various – Everything. You know, everything <laughs> like why are you acting this yeah. way or – you know, she'll sense their feelings and say it, and it's, you just start to laugh because it's just funny. The dialogue is fantastic. Voice acting is tremendous. The, the whole game from start to finish is so well done, and there's very little actual moving around in the game. Mm-hmm. It really was a lot of press A, or now press B. It's like an interactive move movie left, hurry, and quick move time up, events. Like, get out of the way. And, yeah. And quite a few important decision-making moments which i can see would change the game and i'm actually going to go back and replay it and do the opposite of Mm. what i've done because i need to know like what the other storyline would be so there is a lot of replay in it um it is that good to where you like want to explore different things without um giving any spoilers Mm -hmm. the rocket raccoon episode i was not ready for that level of emotional yeah stuff it hits you hard there's a yeah, there's a few. So having with my mom having passed away, it it was weird to like have to because I had those moments with my mom where mm. it was like this is probably one of the last things we could talk about or do. So in the game, there's a lot of flashbacks to Star Lord as a kid, and you have to make decisions because the mother is gonna mm. pass away. And there's a lot of like, wow, they're really going deep with this in a video game they're really putting a lot of effort into making emotional decisions mm-hmm. um and i i just thought it was so well done and like rob just <laughs> said each episode takes you back with one of the characters to before they were ever the guardians of the galaxy and you get to learn a little bit about their history and where they came from and mm-hmm. he's right the rocket episode uh, is really good. Same thing with um, <laughs> Gamora. That mm-hmm. was interesting. I mean, they're all interesting. The Gamora, you kind of get a sense from the movies. They touched on what she dealt with with her mm-hmm. sister, but the this stuff with Star Lord and even um, Drax, Drax is yeah. really well done. So Drax is really touching. the The game is just phenomenal. If you haven't played it, you, it's definitely worth going out and getting. And they sell. You know, the whole thing's been released now. So yep. she bought me the whole game. So it wasn't September that she, I don't know when she, it was before Christmas. So if the whole thing, she got it for me, I don't know, sometime at the end of November. I don't know what it would have been for, but that's random now that I can't think about it. And the prices on those Telltale games are never super No, no they're not they're, crazy. They're very no. affordable. And yep. it's a, it's long. Each yeah. one's a good two hours. Yeah. There's no, with Back to the Future, I, maybe it was like episode three or four. I was like, oh, man, they're really starting to drag mm. this out. This game, I did not feel at any moment was being dragged out because it starts off and you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that battle to take place so quickly, not knowing where the story was going to go. And it just continues to build and then rebuild and then rebuild again. So there's no – did you feel there are any points of it dragging? No, I think it's really – it's it's paced very well. And the fact that, like you said, there each episode is kind of focused on a different character. Yeah. They're able to tell these like micro stories mm-hmm. in the middle of these longer stories. So you're never, you're never like, oh, my God, this is – I wish we would get back to this other thing. Those micro stories are very strong, if not stronger, than the overarching narrative. Yeah. So great game. 
definitely I, i'd give it five stars I agree. and it's i believe really they're gonna do another one mm. so i'm excited to see what comes next excellent paulo what do you got um so i'm a little bit behind on tv watching uh <laughs> me too so i recently just finished vice principles season two mm-hmm. this is an hbo series uh danny mcbride uh the guy from justified shit tim oliphant no um no. the bad guy um uh walton goggins walton goggins thank you never seen justified but who yeah. knows <laughs> um so great series uh if you didn't see season one you should definitely see season one season before really season fun. two, um, because season two kind of picks up where that left off. Um, and the, the entire show is just so well done. Um, it's a dark comedy, to be sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is super funny. And also, they do a great job at uh, creating a story where you care about the characters. Um, like, if some if somebody's like a definitely like a, a decent person you feel that and you empathize with that if somebody is a shitty person then you also feel that and you do not want that person anywhere near the good person mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard to tell this like talk about this without spoiling the story <laughs> but the good person the bad person the shitty yeah. person yeah so it's i mean it's definitely a great series and then the end the the end of season two just gets batshit like crazy like it just the last episode, I think after the first 10 minutes, they just turn the crazy all the way up. And it's like, oh, my God, what is happening? Like, it it, it really does pay off mm-hmm. for the first two seasons in that last 20 minutes of that episode. So it's definitely worth watching. If you have HBO or HBO Go, check that out. Uh, if you don't, then, you know, do what you got to do. If you want to see the series, I definitely recommend it. Um, to the best of my knowledge, I don't know if season three is coming. Um, I think... Danny McBride said that the intention was just to have two seasons and they could very well just leave it where they ended it because it was like hmm. a very like there was a sort of an epilogue to the entire season at the end of season two. And I think it wraps it up pretty well. Um, nice. But definitely check it out. Cool. Cool. Mal West. So I started um, last weekend watching Hulu has a Hulu original uh, based on the Marvel comic Runaways. Yeah, I've heard oh, some good yeah. things, so I'm really curious about this because I want to watch. So this yeah, thing. it's um it's ten episodes, and it's um really I, I felt like right off the bat you can some some of these shows where they're like an ensemble story where there are multiple characters, you, it takes you a while to just try to figure out who's who. That sometimes that's the biggest challenge just mm-hmm. trying to figure out who everybody is i felt like in the first episode to you know two episodes you knew who all of i mean there's pretty much like six major characters on one side and then like 10 on the other that are so right off the bat you kind of already know who's who and mm-hmm. what um and while it does certainly play more like a greg berlanti cw type um story there's kind of some soapy stuff behind it as mm-hmm. far as the relationships uh, it's real. I've shoot. I watched the seven episodes the first day when we had the snowstorm. I stayed oh, yeah. and watched seven episodes and then picked away the last few. Uh, the the general premise is that there are these kids who used to be friends who have gotten into high school and fallen away, have decided they're going to get back together, sort of celebrate the loss mm-hmm. of one of their friends who had passed. Their parents <coughs> are all still get together and have some sort of social group called Pride. And they don't really know anything about what their parents do. 
Um, they seem to be major people in, in the community. One woman, uh, one girl, her mom is like the head of this big kind of church of Scientology type thing. Um, they have this get together and they pretty much find out that their parents are all sacrificing teenagers no for way. some reason. Yeah. So you Bobby's have this like, te- Oh, I'm in. You, know, you I'm have like, the teenagers yeah, twisted. And then you have, and there's like some superhero type elements to it. To it really flows great. It was a lot of the, the characters are fun. There are some cool twists with where people end up. You think that things are going to happen a certain way and they don't. Um, the character, the, the, uh, the adults are interesting because at first they're very reprehensible, but then you, might start having wavering thoughts about how they are when you start hearing, you know, who they are. Um, It's 10 episodes and I was expecting it's a sort of the story arc go and then kind of wrap a story up like usually that. And then they'll usually hit you with like a little cliffhanger. Yeah. They pretty much end on a cliffhanger. Like I'm hope if they, if they pull the, we're not going to go another season. I'm going to be pissed. I think it might've already been renewed. I hope so because they ended. It's such an F you. The ending. It's like no! the Marvel show. It was where did, how this was a comic book previously. Yeah, it was. and they, they have strayed from the material some. Yeah, but it was. I, I'll tell you, it was. As I said, I over the last week or so, I've just I haven't binged a show like this in a while. Yeah. It just was so good, and it's not overly superhero-y, So it's not like everybody has a superpower. Oh, all the kids, okay. all the <laughs> there are a couple who have powers. Um, then the other ones are, you know, one guy has some tech cause his dad was, so, so he's got like these gauntlets that have like power when he punches, they have a set of <laughs> it's X- like ones walking around the yeah. infinity gauntlet. Yeah, just they like, have, I they don't have know what this somebody thing with does. like X-ray goggles. There's a dinosaur. The dinosaur is awesome though. Like just there's the, a the, dinosaur. There's in a it? dinosaur Sold, in it. Dude. And that was in the comic book. Uh, but that's there's a cool. reason for you learn why. And it's tied in. It actually is tied into the process that's going on with the uh, the sacrifices. Yeah. There. Two of the people are scientists, so they're doing okay. genetic engineering. So there's, you know, you've got this dinosaur, which ends up being super cool. Um, but it's, I, I, I'm trying to stay as vague as yeah, possible. Yeah. Once you get into, I've given the main I'm not familiar with this theme, at all. And I wasn't either. Uh, but it's it was really enjoyable. And it's 10 episodes. Each one's an hour long. Okay. So it's, it's an easy, it's definitely an easy binge. You can watch two or three in a row quick. Uh, the acting's really solid. Um, it was funny. There were some some Kevin Smith tie-ins. Really, uh, one of the uh, one of the mothers was uh, she played Jay's mom in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Take Back. She yeah. was the one. Yeah. Oh, the fat one's watching the skinny. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, in um, in Clerks Two, there's a a guy who comes in and um, talks with. Elias, he and they're talking about one ring, one you ring to rule them all. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's actually one of the parents as well. Oh, so that's so awesome. some cool little tie-ins there. You'll see nice, some familiar nice. people. Uh, really good. I definitely <laughs> give it two thumbs up. Definitely worth watching. Uh, on about two weeks ago, Hulu announced there is a second season of Marvel's Runaways Hooray! coming. It will also be ten episodes like the first. All so. right. So I don't have a freak out then until I watch it. <laughs> yeah, not good. <laughs> so that will be coming. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I don't have a review this week. Instead, I have one news item. I wasn't going to do news because I knew we'd go a little long uh, with everyone here today. Uh, but this one was a borderline geek out. So I thought I would throw it in anyway. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't know how big it blew up on the Internet and how big a deal it is and how much people care. But for me, I really do care. Uh, DC is going all out to celebrate the 1000th issue of Action Comics, the longest continually published comic book of its kind in history the series that introduced Superman to the world and the title that launched the superhero genre. 
The Jim Lee drawn cover features a new costume that integrates a variety of classic and new mm-hmm. elements, including the Man of Steel's trademark red trunks. Yep. They brought back the underoos. Yes. And it looks great. It looks real great. It looks great. awesome. So it looks like they kept... Well, of course it looks great, because that's what we expect out of Superman. Yeah. Uh, yeah it looks like classic. they kept the... Uh, have you guys seen it? I know, yes. Matt, you've probably seen no, it. No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't um, so it's a combination of, like like they said, the yeah. classic and the uh, variety. It looks a lot more like the classic, but you can see like the wrist cuffs are there <laughs> from the newer one. It looks like a little bit of the boot design uh, from the new one. And definitely the uh, a little of the belt design from the new fifty two. So there's little elements there and there, yep. here and there. But it's definitely more of the classic variety. Uh, and goddamn, that's the Superman I like. And I like that he's not like for a while with the new fifty two. He was thinner. Yep. I mean, they were playing that he still had the superhuman strength, but you wanted to see Superman, you know, jacked Superman. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's not just strong because of his powers. He's got these this you know physique and yeah. that's Superman. I saw that. I was like, oh, it looks so good. It really does. Um, available at comic retailers and digitally on April 18th. Com- uh, Action Comics number 1000 features the DC debut of acclaimed writer Brian Michael Bendis in a 10-page Superman story featuring art by DC publisher and celebrated artist Jim Lee. This milestone issue will also include two 15-page <laughs> stories from two of DC's current and most popular talent teams, Superman writer Peter J. Tomasi and artist Pat Gleason, as well as Action Comics writer and artist Dan Jurgens. But the fact that they're bringing back the reg trunks, like, visually, ever since they changed it for the new 52, some people are like, you're wearing underwear on the outside of your costume. But, and it's like an old school, like, based off like a circus strongman type idea. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, visually, it just really breaks up the costume nice. The belt was never enough to kind of divide it and look. Re- it, you always had that weird like cod piece area that was it, it just did. It just never looked right. Right. But having that uh, just kind of visually breaks up the costume really well. And I'm hoping this is one step before they say, hey, Batman, you're next. Let's bring him back. That was one of those tenants from the new 52 that was just. Yeah, they got rid of like that all was the, the big trunks. thing. Yeah, no trunks. Yeah. And it, it, it was a bad decision. Very bad. And I hope I hope. That uh, because Flashpoint is coming up in the DCEU, they might use it to uh, dial that back a little, too. I'm a little worried that some of the other media has to, uh, adopted this new 52 aesthetic and that maybe they're, it's too late to dial back on some of it. But I hope it's not too late because it looks even worse in live action stuff than it does on the comic book page. I don't need to see a junk Superman. <laughs> I don't need to know that everything's super. Super junk. Big old um, super dick. <laughs> that is just about the end of the episode. But there's one more thing. Bum, bum, bum. We could not have a core group episode without an Oreo taste test. Oh! So, Oh, no, I'm not ready for hype. Oh, no, it might have gotten... It's crushed. We had to rearrange some stuff earlier. Um, so have. I had mentioned that I hated the hazelnut ones, but we yes. do have the, uh, oh. the hot and spicy Oreo. I oh, almost man. bought a pack yesterday I, to bring. I don't know if I'm going to like these because I'm not a fan of the like spicy cinnamon yeah. candy. Uh, but I've heard that these are actually very good. Okay. Paul's still getting ready for the hype. It no. looks like he's looking for that app. I don't oh, spicy exactly. cinnamon is so my like wheelhouse. I love app. like spicy can like cinnamon candies. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. It's like my favorite. So it definitely is. Okay. So it doesn't smell as strong as some of those, but it definitely has that like signature scent. I'm going to toss these. Well, the over. conversation you and I had through go. text was that 
Oh, what is this going to taste like now. with chocolate? <laughs> right, right. And I think it'll be okay with chocolate, but here we go. Yeah, Here we go. Uh, if you guys have not listened to the podcast before, this is something we do constantly oh, you, with new Oreo flavors. All right, so we gotta. Oh wow, they're potent. Yeah, they smell really very, strong. very cinnamon candy. Wow. Excuse me. <laughs> That's my uh, initial to... reaction to this. Mm. Very. As far as the smell goes, the smell's right on point. It's like hyper artificial too. The taste is a little more subtle than I thought it would be, and I, that's a good thing. Like, it's not a super strong cinnamon. It doesn't taste like an artificial cinnamon to me. It tastes more like they actually just blended cinnamon into the traditional cream. The mm. coloring is definitely artificial. Oh, but yeah. The, um, but I think it's they, a good taste. It's like you bit into one of those cinnamon candies. Mm-hmm. The cookie doesn't get in the way. No. There's enough flavoring in the cream. Excuse you. <laughs> that the cook you don't even taste the cookie. Really, that's it's, true. It's mostly yeah, the cookie is mashed. It's actually hot and spicy. It's mostly taste. the filling. It does taste very much like the candies, mm. and I agree that the chocolate cookie was not necessary. Even though I feel like it's better than if they had a vanilla cookie, because mm. you do get well, just the slight. Just the cream Paul doesn't like so. these. Oh, this is trash, man. Oh, my God. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> like, like, this it? is... No, I don't think it's terrible. It's no, still it's better than the chocolate Actually, hazelnut. I was just going to... Well, and it's still better than the chocolate brownie. And the chocolate oh, hazelnut's no good either. Terrible. I have chocolate hazelnut ones downstairs, but like, those are not great either. I thought those were okay. Those were, They weren't terrible. Like, let me get Top Chef for a minute here. This shit... Okay. Like, it doesn't go together. No. <laughs> yeah, you like, don't think chocolate, chocolate cinnamon, but... Chocolate and hot and spicy cinnamon, they don't go together. Mm. And the cream doesn't even really taste like cinnamon. It's like it was in the same room and cinnamon farted. <laughs> cinnamon like, sneezed on it. Like this is like not a great cinnamon flavor, not a great chocolate flavor. I know it's modeled after the candy, but the candy is garbage too, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion, like I don't like it either. So it's like two things. One thing that I kind of like, and one thing that I think is trash. And they put them together, yeah. and it made worse trash. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm so like. I don't know why I'm so angry about this. Or did they do exactly what they aim to do? Cinnamon candies aren't that all that great. Ah, so we're going to make an Oreo. Awesome. Got cinnamon candy. It's not all that's great. So we were right on point. I love red hots, hot tamales. Oh, I think so that's what it, hot tamale. That's what those I those like think the Mike of. and Ike's, but yeah, they're cute. Yeah. yeah, I think the biggest problem is that if they pointed at me and said, "Give me a great Oreo flavor," You're I could gonna... do it in two seconds yeah. compared to what this is. Yeah, hot and candy. Yeah. You that can't say another ones. one that was already mentioned. I know, as your but that, the problem too is that they're running out. There's <laughs> yeah. limited edition. Every season has four or five limited editions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're burning themselves out. Yeah, but it's still there's still so many ways to go that are way better than this. Way better. Yeah, way better. Like beef flavor. Fuck. <laughs> barbecue. Give me a, beef a cheese. Dried squid. Like barbecue Ugh. chicken flavor. Like fucking asshole flavor. I like it. Like this <laughs> tastes like I'm so angry about this and I don't know why. Like, I'm just so fucking aggro. Like it's just insulting Paul's to so me. so mad he's going to post it on Facebook. Have oh they, my God. Have they, done, venom. have they done strawberry yet? Like strawberry cream? Strawberry banana? Because, like, mean, you think chocolate-covered strawberry. That's like, like a, That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying there's so many ways to go that are just obvious. Like, and they're February, churning out this bullshit. Not chocolate-covered strawberry or even chocolate-covered right. cherry. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yep, either oh, one Oh, yeah, give me a cherry. Even though cherry can come off very artificial, artificial yeah. there's a way to go about it. They're, they're uh, what was it, like the limeade or the, yes. uh, the kiwi 
Kiwi pie, like all those, the lime ones. Pie, the key lime pie good. was surprisingly good. Because they went mild with it. It yes. wasn't overpowering. Yeah. It wasn't yes. fake. It tasted... Which, you know. and you would never associate those with Oreo. No. But they no. did it very well. Apple pie was good, I thought. Was Cotton decent. candy, like you said, Volpe, is another one that you would never associate but it, with it Oreo, worked. but it worked. Apple pie was not good. It tastes like banana. You didn't like it? It tastes like banana. No, I didn't get banana. No. I don't think I had those. But anyway, you know what this is like. I just came up with another. He's analogy. so mad. Yeah, you know what, he you is. Know what this he is, is like? I love it. This is like if cinnamon was a person and it fucking jerked off into an Oreo and was like, "Hey, let's make this into a snack." No, fuck you, cinnamon. I don't know why this is making me so angry. You just changed the delivery system right? of the cinnamon for the metaphor. Ah! Like instead of a machine doing, you're like someone, some cinnamon. Cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnasplooge in my cinnamon. Sending out his hot loads of cinnamon goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Onto why. your ookie cookie. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners. Like, I just, it, something about this just made me so angry. I don't know why. I, I have no idea. I support your anger, Paul. Like, just part, like, the I just, fact that you're that angry and passionate about it is what I love. Like, I can rant about Oreos because I have, like, a relationship with Oreos. Like, a fucked up one, you know? Like, it also involves jerking off. No, it does not. Not at all. But, like, Oreos, like, Oreos are good on their own. Like, they a are. classic Oreo, yeah. it Duncan does it is. it is. It's real good. Yeah. Like, it's two chocolate cookies sandwiched around mystery cream. Mm-hmm. Like, of, like, unknown providence. That's fine with me because it's sweet. And it's delicious. Speaking of mystery, if you want to really get mad, see that other package the on the table. Oh no! Fuck no, that! That was garbage. <laughs> oh no! I was so excited. They're the when, fruity when pebble ones. Oh, no. they're just the fruity pebble ones repackaged. Oh, no. they're assholes. Yeah, <laughs> they're assholes. And I fell for it. Asshole That's the worst Oreo. part. Yeah, that was an opportunity to do something big, and they blew it. Yep, yeah. they fucked up. Like you could, like I would be more excited about like quadruple stuff Oreos. Mm, instead yeah. of like uh, great. well they had what flavor. like the triple deckers with the different like that's the way to go yeah or the like the cover them in fudge or like the coconut the coconut's real good remember Dunkaroos oh yeah, yeah. like Dunkaroos Dunkaroos Oreo Dunkaroos no they've done that oh they have yeah they, they it wasn't like exactly it was Oreo sticks with like the cream on yeah. the side and you oh. did the, yeah oh yeah that was a thing I like the firework Oreos like just those are good I enjoyed those too the pop rocks but it was fun I love that just put the chocolate cookies in the tray and put a big old tub of the cream in the middle yep. and just be like hey go nuts yep yeah. like Oreo fondue that's the fucking dream like I bet I I'm pretty sure I've that seen was those like memes I've seen those memes of like just the cookies on the side and the row of cream in the middle yeah. <laughs> In the package, yep. yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, like I used to do that shit. <laughs> so into this, I love it. Like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I would take like the best part of the food, and I would be like, "I am only going to eat this part of the food." Like, hand to God. Like when I was like, six, Paul was seven the one that old, got the Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, and he made all berries. Before all berries. They they had all berries. Yeah. Except like my parents didn't give me like sugar cereal, but they would give me other shit. Right. Right. Like, like cream cheese, for example, right? I loved cream cheese. I thought the bagel got in the way. So when I was like six, seven years old, I would just eat spoonfuls of cream cheese. Right. 
That's fantastic. Like the kid that rides the short bus and maybe shouldn't be there. Like I would just be like shoving cream cheese in my mouth and my parents would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is the best part. I don't see why we have bagels. Bagels are a waste of time. Paul, you're the type of guy you see through the bullshit and you see the truth. Yeah. You you, see what you want. Like you find the thing that you want and then you eat. Like now I'm an adult and I know that like, you know, you need vegetables and like like grains and like all this good stuff, right? (laughs) He's so mad about that too. <laughs> but like, if I'm being, vegetables. Like, if I'm being honest and I like, go to like a steakhouse or something, don't give me like fucking like, like your special whipped mashed potatoes. Like, no, just give me a fucking steak. Just give me the best steak you got, and then put more steak on top of that, and then sauce it with steak because that's what I want. And that's drink what I'm here meatballs. for. Yeah, uh. like make make a drink that's a cocktail out of beef fat and whatever. <laughs> like, Wash it down with a fat smoothie. Yeah, and a heart right. attack for I dessert. Mean, yeah. I mean, let's take it. Let's, let's not go crazy. Oh. I mean. <laughs> Everything else was totally rational. Let's fat not go smoothie. nuts. Well, that's but that's the thing. You got to draw a line. Like, this, these new, new, new flavors, yeah. like, they just keep, like, oh. trying to innovate. Does it have a weird, like, throat burn? No, no. I have this weird aftertaste in my mouth. Though. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah. So, like, don't innovate. Like, Oreo, don't innovate. Nabisco, don't try to make, like, a fucked up flavor Oreo. Just make better, like, packaging. And like, why are my Lucky but, Charms and my Frosted Flakes in the same bowl now? But yeah, do you keep giving me too. cookie dough Oreos because those are fucking amazing. That would be good. Those are good. Yeah. Chocolate sa- chocolate cookies. Uh, cookie dough in the middle. They good. did that. Perfect. It's amazing. Okay. So good. So good. Cookie in a cookie. Sit hot cinnamon Oreos? No. 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 Hashtag, hashtag no Oreos. No, no cinnamon Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Nabisco here. shut down. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's so start in. wrapping this thing up because uh, I know that we could go on that rant for an entire episode. I'm pretty sure. So final thoughts or something you would like to plug. Mike Bowlby. Uh, no, I have uh, no final thoughts. But I think Paul scared me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Paul, you're up. It's okay. I got nothing. Um, I don't have anything to plug. Do not support Big Oreo. <laughs> Big Oreo. Fuck out of here. Big Oreo. Go buy the Newman's like uh, yeah, chocolate O's or whatever. Or, yeah. Hydrox. Hydrox. Yeah. Just elevate your game and get better cookies. Fuck elevate. these Oreos. 100%. Matt That's West. It. If you want to check out the music I've been playing, you can... Uh, Go on, you can, I don't know, Google it, uh, Long Shot Voodoo or Extraordinary <laughs> Rendition Band, and check out what we've been doing. It's fun, and it's music. Fantastic. Yeah. They have a tuba in their band, guys. Extraordinary Rendition Band has a tuba. Sometimes two. Two tubas. Two tubas. Tuba. That's like a tutu. Two tubas two tuba. is too much. It's not a tuba. It's not a tuba. <laughs> it's not a tuba. <laughs> it's two tubas. <laughs> For everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can watch our live podcasts, cooking, gaming, and more at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. The link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back real soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we'll see you then. Later. See ya. Make it so.